Well, folks, with this entire 2020 past us, we've had our brand new, our our first two shows of the year. We not yes, only did yes. a season premiere, but we also did a special for you. And now it seems like we're getting into the 2021 mood. And Pasty, as much as it seems as everything is going wrong, both in politics and in wrestling and in life and in my paycheck, I think democracy is still hard to kill, and we're going to come through this one way or the gall-darned other, man. That's what we do. We persevere, just like Beefsticks Podcast has persevered for five years. Four seasons. Five years, motherfuckers. First season was two years because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing back then. And we haven't fucking learned since! No, we still don't know what we're doing. As a matter of fact... At the head of the show, I suppose it's only pertinent to let you know we're planning on making a migration. We're leaving Spotify behind. Well, Pasty, 2021 is like almost a metamorphosis. It's like, yeah. (laughs) We'll still be everywhere you actually listen to us. We just won't be hosting our services through Spreaker. The past four years, or dare I say at least the past 2020, has almost been like a, a, a cocoon. We've been larva, just waiting and growing. And now it's time for us to emerge as the beautiful moths we are. And yes, I said moths because if you've ever seen moths, they are much more beautiful than butterflies. I'll chew a hole in your shit. I will. Beauty. Folks, that was a good show. We were glad to have you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch us with episode three. These are our new short uh, pod snack episodes. There you go. 2021. It's a new diet. 2020. Can we even talk about wrestling? (laughs) What? Wrestling? What the fuck does that that? have to do with anything? What the fuck does that have to do with anything? Speaking of wrestling, do we talk about breakdancing coming into the Olympics here in the uh, next, not the not the next next Olympics, but the next like four year Olympic? I do believe we did discuss that, or I have recently had the discussion with somebody. Oh, it's Maybe good it that was it, you and off the show. I don't know. That's awesome though. But I'm happy about it. I oh, would yeah. watch. That. It um, takes a lot more work than some of the things you do in the Olympics. Bottom uh, sledding. I'm looking at you. Yeah, laying down. <laughs> I watched that Disney movie. If John Candy can do it, it isn't fucking impressive. Sanka, you down, man? I want to see Cool Runnings too now with with the breakdancing and the. Speaking of John Candy, just recently, like a twenty-minute clip of a uh, deleted scene from Uncle Buck that had never been released before just came out. You can find it on YouTube. Um, one of the one of the. Uh, fucking, I don't know, nobody's backstage at Uncle Buck. He ended up having a copy of it on a VHS and he's uploaded it. And it's um, and it's not entertaining or fun. <laughs> so I can see why it was deleted. But it's kind of cool. It's just Uncle Buck, like, like gambling, but he promised his, his sister he wouldn't play poker, so they're playing, like, Candyland and charades and... Uh, <laughs> this shit and it's really it's really a, a bad scene and it's a good thing it was deleted but i just thought that was kind of cool that this emerged out of nowhere you know well you're at it go watch star wars christmas special i guess if we're throwing out things that are terrible to watch <laughs> not the lego one though the the legit one yeah 
that's that's horrible. That's awesome. That's hard to kill too. They can't they can't get rid of that. It's all. Hey, there. first appearance of Boba Fett though. I mean, does that not increase the awesomeness scale like a good chunk? Right. First appearance of Boba Fett, baby. With, with, without that Christmas special, we might not be on season two of The Mandalorian right now. Plus, we got to see Chewbacca's dad masturbate. Yeah, that's Hello. my favorite part, man. Like, whether yeah. that's a good or bad scene, that was fucking... <laughs> that, was, that was pretty breakthrough back then, wasn't it? You didn't see a yes. lot of furry masturbation back in the 70s. That was kind of huge. That was a big gamble to take. I just It didn't I, take off like George Lucas thought it would. It kills me that the only Wookiee face Star Wars ever got right was Chewbacca, and everybody else is just terrible. You don't like that little Wookiee with the fucking creepoid <laughs> fucking face? The one who's dancing around on the goddamn ledge. I like how he's like he, he fucking he's doing cartwheels and jumping on the ledge of, of this deck and like it's all cool. And then the second a stormtrooper like grabs it to pull himself up, it breaks and falls apart. What? Uh, but speaking of everything falling apart, pasty, that's kind of the way that this whole last four years, this this presidential, this governmental, this this fascist regime we've had is starting to all fall apart in the best possible ways, pasty. Yes. And um, folks in the news are starting to to unearth some of these people that were maybe. Helping it along in the shadows, in the dark shadows. Yes, and folks, this top of the show is probably not going to strike you as very surprising if you've ever been a follower of WWE or know anything about Vince McMahon or the McMahon family. But uh, this is this is as as Vince would say himself, some good shit. I do believe. <laughs> <coughs> So let's kick it off. Brian Schwartz of CNBC published a report detailing the dark money groups that were involved in organizing the rally last Wednesday by American terrorists that broke into the nation's Capitol building, leaving many injured and cost five people their lives, including one police officer and one protester who was trampled to death while carrying a don't tread on me flag. I just fucking love the irony. Just, the irony kills me. Well, them. Uh, <laughs> at that rally, President Donald Trump encouraged his supporters to march onto the steps of Congress to protest the results of the Electoral College that certified Joe Biden as the winner of the 2020 presidential election. And basically, the main group that organized that rally was a group known as Women for America First. And CNBC noted that the organization was certified by the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, as a nonprofit that can engage in limited political activities. But if you're into politics, you might know these groups as a, a term known as dark money organizations. And this is because they do not publicly disclose their donors. If I ever see any of their, like, signs anywhere, I'm changing the F to a P because it's WAP, and that's just funny. Oh, you got to love that wet-ass picture, baby. (laughs) CNBC also reported that America First Policies, a pro-Trump policy advocacy dark money group, chaired by Linda McMahon, 
did disclose in 2019 that they contributed 25000 to Women for America First. It should be noted that America First Policies was not directly involved in planning the rally. Although, Pasty, if I may interject, McMahon is a longtime Trump ally and former head of the Small Business Administration, as we have covered on this show before. McMahon's contributions to Trump-related PACs from 2016 to 2020 totals $23.4 million which includes her largest single contribution in FEC records. Now, this is a one-time donation of $10 million to America First Action just this last October. Total contributions to all committees since 2016 comes to $27.9 million. Now, folks, we did a little bit of research on this, and we weren't going to bore you with all of the terms and the, and the numbers, but WrestleNomics if you want to go and look them up, has published a detailed view of McMahon's political contributions throughout the Trump campaign, and that's where we found a lot of this information. If you are more interested, go check that out. That's WrestleNomics, one word. Yes, indeed. It's not surprising. Oh, not at all. I mean, we've we've talked about Trump and McMahon throughout this. Um, actually... As at least as far back as Beef Sticks was one of the first people to congratulate Trump as being a WWE Hall of Famer who got the presidency, assuming he was a decent human being and everything was an act. <laughs> we do renege our congratulations on him yes, at yes. this point. But at that time, you could only assume somebody that assholish was playing a role such as a Stone Cold Steve Austin or a Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> or a Randall Keith Orton. We could not imagine that he would take that persona to the fucking White House. Top heel in WWE history. Top heel in United States history, and it? Ugh, gotta be to be impeached twice, I think. Well, that's funny, too. And the and- Republican senators are saying, like, day one of Biden's thing, they're going to propose impeaching him. Right. <laughs> uh, good as Bill Clinton said this motherfucker got impeached twice and he didn't even fucking get laid or got a blowjob the entire time he was in the office <laughs> burnt up that card beforehand with Stormy Daniels <laughs> uh, some good shit I'm sure we're going to hear more about this as time goes on and of course this this is only detailing Linda McMahon's donations right and not, not Vince's own unless I would assume as a married couple they have to donate together, don't they? I guess I, w- I guess I would assume Vince donates everything through Min- through Linda since she is the uh, politician of it, you know? Right, that, yeah. I would assume so. Um, but that's just, uh, I mean, that's just a small little bit of what's happened in our nation this week, Pasty. Yes, indeed. And now let's take a look back at this week. In pro wrestling history. Well, Pasty, today is January 15th, 2021. But more than three decades ago, January 15th, 1970, Shane Brandon McMahon was born in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Shane is a fourth-generation member of the McMahon Wrestling Empire, He is the great-grandson of Roderick Jess McMahon, 
grandson of Vincent James McMahon and son of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And he is also the elder brother of Stephanie McMahon and brother-in-law to Paul Levesque. The Levesque. The Levesque. <laughs> Shane began working with the WWE at age 15 in the company warehouse, filling out merchandise orders. At age 19, Shane made his first television appearance as referee Shane Stevens at the 1989 Survivor Series. At WrestleMania VI, he was the first man to walk out and greet the audience. He continued to referee until 1991 and took on a backstage agent role soon after. His most notable appearance in this capacity came at WrestleMania VIII, when he tried to restrain Miss Elizabeth and break up a post-match brawl between Randy Savage and Ric Flair. Basically, he soon moved to commentary, but after a brief run on commentary, which both he, Vince, and many others agree was not his strong point, Shane began wrestling in February of 1999, when he would defeat X-Pac for the WWF European Championship, which he held on to at WrestleMania 15 with help from Shane's childhood friends, the Mean Street Posse, and also former D-Generation X, later Triple H. He also has held the Hardcore Championship, the Tag Team Championship with The Miz, and he even won the WWE World Cup to crown the best in the world. Yeah... Still fuck you for that one, Shane. (laughs) In October 2009, Shane tenderized his resignation from the company effective at the end of the year. Shane's exit left only his father Vince and his sister Stephanie as the only active McMahons in the company, as his mother Linda had left to pursue a political career. To destroy the Americas! (laughs) As we mentioned earlier. In August 2010, Shane O'Mac had signed a deal to become the new CEO of broadband service provider China Broadband Inc. The company would change its name at the beginning of the year to You On Demand. He stepped down in 2013 but remains vice chairman of the board. He also sits on the board of directors for International Sports Management, a marketing firm that represents golfers including Ernie Els, Darren Clark, and Rory McElroy. Shane is also part owner of the Indian Larry Motorcycle Shop in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, That's racist. (laughs) In February 2016, Shane McMahon actually returned to WWE in almost a shock, interrupting his sister Stephanie while she was getting the kayfabe Vincent J. McMahon Legacy of Excellence Award. Or was that kayfabe? Shane came back with the intention of controlling Monday Night Raw. This led to Shane facing The Undertaker at WrestleMania 32 with the stipulation pasty that had Shane won, he would get control of Raw. If he lost, he would be gone forever. Shane lost, but he got control of Raw anyway. At Payback in June, Vince announced that both Shane and Stephanie would have joint control of WWE. Shane McMahon, in real life, remains a minority owner of WWE, owning 2% of the company's shares. As of late 2019, McMahon began working as a producer for WWE once again. God, I remember being so excited for his return when he came back. 
It didn't last and, very long. Yeah, it didn't. It but really you know what? He's a good on-air figure. He is. He is. But he didn't last long, like you said. I give it's him just, credit. His ideas are terrible. I don't know. I give him credit for stepping away from the family business and doing stuff on his own, which which he's still kept his toes in, as we mentioned. He He's still doing a lot of stuff outside the WWE. And... As as you mentioned, Pasty, he only owns a percentage of uh, WWE stocks. So I guess yeah. I mentioned, that, but only two percent of the the stock. I sound like you a lot. We hang around too much together. Yeah, definitely. You know what I yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. Good old Shane O'Mac. It's like he 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 came back and he. He dug his knuckles deep down into Stephanie McMahon and gave her the old deep crotch slam, as uh, as Danny Hodge would put it. Well, I guess that brings us into this week's token JRR. Hey, so they're doing lots of deep crotch slams, uh, and I've they ne- were. I've never heard Jim Ross call it that before, but he made sure well, that, that's because they're going extra deep. Uh, extra deep in here for the slam there, Conrad. Well, the deeper the crotch, the deeper the slam there, pal. You get, you got to get in there deep, and, and once you get within the crotch, you grab, you snatch it. You snatch when you get inside the crotch, and then bam, in a slam. They See, call that a deep crotch snatch slam. Danny Hodge... When he showed me the deep snatch crotch slam, you have to go, and it's all in—it's all in the knuckle when you get in there. It makes a difference. <laughs> That's who Danny Hodge is. I get it now. See, Pacey, you said you did. Never heard of Danny Hodge before. Now you—now you know. He was the. Uh... He was the adventure of the deep crotch slam, and you gotta get the knuckles in there. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, that's Jr. talking about a SummerSlam 2000 match between, uh, at the time, Jerry the King Lawler's wife, the Cat, defeating at the time Goldust's wife, Terry Runnels. Is that Jr.? It sounded like Bruce Pritchard doing Jr. And, uh, or, or did I say Jr.? Or did yeah. I say Bruce? Pritchard? You I, said Jr. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> JR must have had one too many Moscow mules that day or something. Then. For the uh, right, right? <laughs> for the record, that was an that was what was deemed a stink face match, where the only way to win was to spread your butt cheeks and stick your butthole into the nose of the uh, loser. Yep, uh, the good old yeah. days. I'll say the Attitude Era was the best era in wrestling. <laughs> <clears throat> the golden age of wrestling. I love it. That's what they tell me, Pasty. That's what they tell me. <sighs> Woo! The same oh, people complain about dick flips. That is true. That's funny. To be fair, though, dick flips are, like, funny and entertaining. I think these matches were more meant to... Uh, let 14 year olds masturbate in three minutes <laughs> just just throwing that out there could be a possibility rikishi was the biggest proponent of that i would assume 
I know I always oh, had to whack it when his big ass came out. Really? Yeah. He was a dick all right. <laughs> his, uh, I, I once heard that his, uh, his erect penis was hard to kill, Pasty. Yes, indeed. Almost as hard to kill as Impact, as it's only lasted 18 years to Impact's 20 plus. <sighs> so I guess that's time for us to snap into this week's All Out Predictions for Impact Hard to Kill 2021. This is going to be a fun show. Predictable, but fun. It seems predictable, but of course this is 2021, Pasty, and I think nothing's predictable at this point. Holy and shiznite. Um, with that being said, we're going to start off with a pre-show. We see Josh Alexander of the North taking on Brian Myers, formerly of WWE. Um, I'm sure he left WWE's mid-card to uh, join Impact's pre-show. <laughs> Um, that's great, isn't it? it? I mean, hey, it exists. You gotta start somewhere, I guess. And you gotta end somewhere. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure Scott Diamore looked at his win-loss record when he came over from WWE, and he's like, you're in Dreamer's locker room. I ain't even gonna lie, I love that you uh, name-dropped Scott Diamore, buddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting good at this stuff. He's a good He's a good character, I like. I oh, he's fucking character. awesome! He was an amazing... I like uh, him better oh, than Don Callis. I'll tell you this. Actually, I don't like him better than Don Callis, but that's just this. Um, little known fact, do you remember... I, I know you were young at the time. You didn't watch a lot of uh, early 90s WWE. There was a pro wrestler called The Goon, who was basically... He was a hockey player. Do you remember him at all or no? I think vaguely, yes. Okay, well, anyways, um, Scott D'Amore actually created the goon while he was wrestling up in in Canada. He brought he or he sent out a tape to WWE talking about wanting to get a job there, gave him a tape of his character and everything like that, and three months later, the fucking goon appeared, but it wasn't Scott D'Amore. It was some random guy who didn't have a gimmick before that. <laughs> <laughs> so lesson to everybody who has a great gimmick on the indies don't uh don't just fucking give it away to wwe yeah no, no. <laughs> um but we have here uh josh alexander of the northern brian myers formerly kurt hawkins pasty where do you see this uh sliding i think i think i think we're thinking on the same page relatively because he he didn't do anything in WWE, so that means he has to do something here. Or he should have just stayed there making more money. Uh, I'm, I'm picking Brian Myers. See, I'm also looking at it as Ethan Page is officially no longer contracted to Impact, although he's not contracted anywhere else anymore. So we know we're losing one half of the North. Well, That's, we don't know yeah. we're losing. We, we may lose a half of the North in Ethan Page. I hope we don't because they're... They're the FTR of Impact. I mean, I would love to see FTR versus the North. Oh, my gosh. It's like the Brain Busters versus the Varsity Club. I'd, I'd like that, or I'd like the North to go to awesome. NXT and, and take on DIY. Oh, any of, the, I mean, any of the combination of those three is fucking money, 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 money. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, I agree. I'm going to say Brian Myers wins this. It's a pre-show. It really doesn't matter. But, um... Yeah, you got a former WWE guy. 
I guess you push him. You gotta. I mean, especially he's on the pre-show. Like, you gotta at least give him the win at that point. Oh. You would hope. <laughs> we'll and see. Gosh, I mean, and if if Ethan Page is going somewhere, which we're going to talk about in just a moment, Josh Alexander has to kind of reboot his character anyway. So this would be a great way to to catapult that reboot. You know? Yeah. Uh, then in our next match, which is a cinematic grudge match, we have Ethan Page versus the Karate Man. Now, Pasty, I'm going to jump in here because do you know much about these two folk? I, I know about Ethan Page. I don't really know about the Karate Man at all. Okay, so I'm going to, be, before we go any further, I'm just going to let you know, Karate Man is Ethan Page's alter ego, so they're they're one and the same. They're the same person, but they're like uh, Hurricane and Shane Helms, or Mick Foley and Mankind, or Manic uh, and TJP. Yeah, or 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 Manic and seventeen other wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, so I just want to put that out there before because I wasn't sure if you if you realized what kind of was going on with all of this. That's interesting. I like a cinematic match of a guy fighting himself. That's very Japan and fun. And a very good use of cinematic match. Yes. If it's done right. I hope it's super hokey, though, too, at the same time. Um. So with that being said... I'm going to say that uh, Ethan Page is leaving the Karate Man gimmick. Can Well, we don't know Ethan Page is leaving. Ethan Page is no longer contracted. The Karate Man gimmick can stay. No matter what, whether Karate Man comes or goes with Ethan Page, I think he does the honors going out if he goes out. Um, I'm going to go with the Karate Man takes Ethan Page in the cinematic grudge match. I just like how Ethan Page's time with the company is up, and he's like, there's one last thing I want to do. I want to fight myself. <laughs> <laughs> right? I would never expect this out of the North. I'm just, it's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah, it's very on the North, right? The Good That's Brothers true. showed up and got everybody drunk. That's all this says. <laughs> we love it. Oh, it's great. <laughs> what do yeah, you I'm thinking? going with the Karate Man just because he's the Karate Man. Oh, he's the fucking Karate Man. <laughs> uh, following that, Pacey, we have an X Division Championship three-way. We have Manic defending his X Division title against Chris Bay and the former champion Rohit Raju. Yes, I'm. I'm excited for this one. Especially since I think they had TJP and Manic in the same place at the same time in the last couple of weeks. I could be they mistaken because I haven't watched. No, they, but they have. That's, that's, I like it. It's one of the things about Manic and Suicide both, which apparently are now both characters, which threw me off, off guard for a moment because originally there was Suicide, then they changed the name to Manic, and now there's both Suicide and Manic, and now I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck's under any of those masks. What's going on? It's crazy because it makes me wonder, like, is there going to be more than one manic in this match? You know what I mean? <laughs> right? They could do that. They, they can. That. Uh, I like TJP, and I think he's manic, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to play manic on this pay-per-view 100 <laughs> because, because he's going to put on an awesome performance. Hello. Yeah. 
I think it's time to give it to Chris Bay, though. He is the shit. You know, Pacey, how can you... You said he's the shit. How can you shit on Chris Bay, honestly? Uh, um, you can't. Amazing, uh, amazing fucking wrestler, obviously. Uh, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. Maybe a limb, maybe not a limb. I don't know. I'm going to go with Manic. Uh, number one, he just recently got the title from Rohit Raju, which was TJP, who was under a mask, who couldn't wrestle for it in the first place, who now has it, who can only defend it as Manic because TJP can't have it. Yeah, I guess kind of. There's a huge storyline here, and I don't think now's the time to disrupt that. So I'm gonna say that Manic keeps it until something goofy like um, I'm like I'm gonna assume Rohit Raju demands a Manic versus TJP match or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. And then my guess would be that Rohit Raju beats the fuck out of whoever is portraying Manic in the backstage, puts on the Manic costume, and then beats TJP. And is the champion. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I mean, th- that's the great thing about these mass characters like the conquistadors in the old school WWE or Mr. America in the 2000s when it was Hulk Hogan and shit like that. It's like, not only are they masked, but it's wrestling, so anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm sticking with Manic. I don't think now's his time. I was originally going to go with Manic, but then I realized this, this pay per view we're seeing very eye to eye on across the board. So I had to make a couple of. It did decisions. seem like that, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it did. I'm like, this can't be. This can't be. There's got to be at least a couple that are different. Right. Uh, but I like that. I like that because these are uncertain times, and it's nice to have something that's somewhat predictable. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm sticking with Chris Bay. I think, I, think, I think he needs to do some good shit coming up real soon. I like him a lot. I agree. Then we have the tournament finals for the Knockouts Tag Team Championships, seeing Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles taking on Havoc and Nevaeh. This one, uh, this, I'm so excited for this. This, this was, there's a few matches have been so much fun lately. They have, they have. If there's one thing they get right, it's the fucking storytelling. Um, I, I'm just gonna go out on. A, I'm I'm just gonna go here and say, Kira Hogan, Tasha Steeles, the best tag team. Havoc and Nevaeh, the better singles wrestlers together. Hmm. So for that reason, I feel they definitely that that Hogan and, and Steeles should win this because they epitomize tag team wrestling for the knockouts. Oh yeah. And they are two, I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, Havoc and Navea are definitely main eventers, but Hogan and Tasha Steeles are future main eventers in the knockouts division or anywhere they go, whether at AEW, NXT, whatnot. Yes. I'm going here on Tasha. I'm right there with you. Havoc and Navea are beastly. They but are. Uh, that, that puts uh, Hogan and Steeles as the underdogs. And they've had a lot going for them. I, I look at them like the iconics of, of Impact Wrestling. Uh, in the best way, because I don't know if, if we have new listeners that are like, oh, are they shitting on them? No, 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 no. We, we love the iconics around these parts. No, I agree. I was almost thinking of um, 
<clears throat> kind of going a little more old school. I was thinking of them as the Midnight Express as their tag team specialists. And yeah. back in the day, the Midnight Express would wrestle these these groups of, of big behemoth men, and the Midnight Express was not the biggest folks, but the announcers would always say they're tag team specialists, they're tag team specialists. They did tag team moves. They kept people in their corner and made quick tags. They worked together. And it's like that that's who you want as your tag champions, people that can make tag teaming look awesome, not just wrestling in the ring solo. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I agree. Plus, pushing them as a team, if you're going to do more work with uh, AEW, I feel like it would be more beneficial to that partnership than having uh, uh, Havoc and Nevaeh as your champions. Yeah, let's be fair. Any four of these women will help AEW as well. Oh, yeah. Division. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. For a, for a tag team, 100. Pasty, then we come into uh, what's sure to be a fun match, if not yes. a beautiful match. We get Barbed Wire Massacre. I'm afraid for Sammy Callahan's face. Sammy Callahan versus Eddie Edwards. Oh, man. Two of the most deranged individuals who have so much history together uh-huh. that in real life, not just in, not just in wrestling, not just a shoot, in real life, Sammy Callahan once took a baseball bat to Eddie Edwards' eyeball socket and crushed his skull. Literally, this wasn't part of a fucking work. This wasn't a skit. This wasn't a storyline. He literally took a baseball bat and crushed Eddie Edwards' skull right in the eyeball socket. On TV. Yes, it's a, yeah. You can look it up and watch it. It's fucking <laughs> disgusting. You can look it up on on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash beefsticks. That and so many other things. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I'm so looking forward to this match, especially since, you know, there's going to be a barbed wire baseball, but there has to be. Oh, 100. <laughs> Sammy's going to eat that in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Bat might break in half. Who knows? This is going to be fun. What's uh, going on? You know, I still got to go I with Sammy Kelly. If if they keep the same rules as they've done in the past, the ropes are going to be barbed wire. Yes, it's going to be barbed wire, uh, plywood. Um, they impact usually goes all out for a barbed wire massacre match. Obviously, things can change from show to show, but it's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be so much fun. And and this this match has given me the inkling that we're going to see a John Moxley appearance on this pay per view. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just it, it screams him all the way. <laughs> I love Switchblade conspiracy. We okay. haven't seen ever since both these guys have gotten a name for themselves. Outside of the indie circle or the tape trading circle, we have not seen a Switchblade conspiracy reunion. I want to see them reunite just because I want to see them break up because of egos. You know what I mean? Because I just want, I want to see the fucking grudge match. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! But uh, yeah, no, this is gonna be really good, and it's hard not to want to pick Eddie Edwards because I feel like he's got some retribution to dole out, and I'm not talking about you, T Bone. <laughs> And Eddie Edwards may be, he's up there with uh, with AG Styles and with a, a short few, maybe Moxley, as just the top people who have the most heart in pro wrestling. Like, not yes. even just 
not shoot art like John Cena or Roman Reigns, but like they just really want to go out there and give it all. Eddie Edwards retired retired three different times to be a full-time firefighter, and he's still fucking wrestling in a barbed wire massacre match <laughs> now after he's retired three different times to be a full-time firefighter. Which He's probably going back to that after this. Firefighting's a dangerous job, but I, I have to think it's easier on his body than pro wrestling. I have to think they that. got to bring that in the storyline and do like a firehouse match. That'd be that cool. would be cool. I'd be down with that. They could burn a uh, rubber dummy of him like they did with uh, The Fiend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so terrible. It was, uh, yeah. That was whole, the, it's been a shit show ever since that, too. This week, Bliss threw a fireball in Randy Orton's face. Randy Orton maybe lit Alexa Bliss on fire two weeks ago after she doused herself in gasoline. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, I don't so watch do that got, shit anymore. Did you say who we got here? Yeah, Sammy Callahan, Eddie Edwards. I'm going with Sammy, even though, like I said, I think Eddie probably should take it, but it's Sammy fucking Callahan in a barbed wire massacre match. Yeah, I'm going with Sammy. Yeah, you put Sammy Callahan on a card for one reason. His nickname is The Draw. He's going to draw faces. Sammy Callahan draws the win. And blood. Yeah, 100%. And blood. You are right. (sighs) What do we got next? Uh, Next we have... uh... An intergender tag match, pasty. Crazy Steve making a comeback with Rosemary taking on Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K. Uh, So you have two kind of uptight, prissy kind of uh, snobby folk taking on these ruthless, insane, crazy sons of bitches. What are you thinking, pasty? You know, I'm just happy Crazy Steve is back and Rosemary's back and, and fucking Abyss ain't coming back. That's the sad part. That's the sad part. Uh, I'm changing my prediction from earlier because I like to go with Tennille because she's great. But I'm giving it to fucking Crazy Steve and Rosemary. Oh, really? Yeah. They deserve it. I ain't they do lie. deserve it. They're such great characters, and I'm just, just, like I said, just so happy that they're back, and just, it's great. It's great. It is awesome. I've been a huge fan of Crazy I don't think Crazy Steve gets the uh, the props he deserves, because may- maybe now he will, because... Without a list there, Crazy yeah. Well, well, what I was going to say is I think Crazy Steve was a precursor to your, uh, um, to your, uh, um, Darby Allen, Darby Allen. Thank you. I just, I, yeah. I drew on his name. I think he's kind of your precursor to Darby Allen. He's the hardcore guy, but he's tiny. You know, you think of the past, we, we never really had any real tiny hardcore guys. Uh, but crazy Steve kind of brought that to the forefront. He did the barbed wire. He went through tables. He went through glass, um, you know, in, in major companies and in fucking high school gyms. So really awesome. Really bad. That was a faction called. It's been plaguing me since I read that. There you go. 
it was him. It was Mike Knox, who is uh, who is known as uh, Mike Mike Knox. Yeah. Knox. Uh, Mike Knox, uh, Crazy Steve, Rosemary, and Abyss. <clears throat> um, but I, I I think honestly, I think Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K, I think they're smarter. I think they're sleazier. I think they're more manipulative. And uh, and even though I hate the son of a bitch, I goddamn love Caleb with a K. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. he's, made, he's made the wrestling ass... Him and MGF have made the wrestling asshole, like, fun again. Yeah. So I'm going with Tennille and Caleb. So there you go. There's There's mine. Like I said, up until just now, that was my pick too, but I had to change it. I had to. I, I got a good feeling about Crazy Steven Rosemary in the future of Impact Wrestling. Oh, yeah. And, of course, on paper, they easily should win this, you mm-hmm. know. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the kids I used to hang out with in high school versus the kids we all hated. You know, it's perfect. Exactly. Uh-huh. I hated the kids that were three years old. I used to <laughs> kick my teeth. <laughs> the two they had fuckers ah. titty I wanted that titty alright chocolate titties <laughs> moving on to my favorite match of the night old school rules Tracy loves this bullshit <laughs> seeing the magical team of Tommy Dreamer cousin Jake and Rhino taking on Eric Young Joe Doring and Cody Deaner. Yeah, obviously, if uh, tiebreakers couldn't be subjective, we'd definitely make this um, as the tiebreaker of, is this the shittiest match of the fucking night? <laughs> we'd both pick it and we'd both... I feel like Eric Young is the only talent in this match. I mean... Give Rhino his due. I, I put Rhino <laughs> personally, myself. I just look <clears> at <throat> Rhino and I feel the pain he feels on a daily basis, and at I feel this bad point for him. in their careers. I would put Cody Deaner above uh, Eric Young. Yeah, personally, I don't I, like his mega character, but you know, I don't know much about Joe Doring or Cody Deaner, but they just look like two random guys that Eric Young is like, "Hey, you're with me." Well, what you may not know is that Cody Deaner and Cousin Jake are cousins. And that's how oh. Cousin Jake came into Impact. Is he's the cousin of Cody Deaner. They're both like kind of Joe Dirt, Trailer Park Trash kinds of sons of bitches. And they used to be together, but then uh, but then they kept losing. And Cody, Cody Deaner was kind of a, a dick and uh, blamed everything on his cousin Jake, if you know what I mean. Ah. Much of that hot water you had. You're fucking my sister. <laughs> yeah, but she's my mother and I'm allowed. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Ah, fun time. Sounds, like sounds like a Fat Mac family reunion. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. It's times like this I hate that I have to pick Tommy Dreamer every time. You don't have to. You no, stupid. I literally wrote Dreamer Teamer FML. I know, that's your choice. I'm not changing. 
I'm not. I'm not changing. Hey, hey Pasty, the last one that won you a point. I know, and it might again. No, it won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> Cousin Jake's coming through for me here. Cousin Jake's bringing his fucking sister in. Of course, that's Cody Deaner's mama. She's going to lay the shit down, hitting everybody with her purse full of new parts. <laughs> I, uh, I want their mama to be uh, What's-His-Face's mama from Talking shop mania Oh, I, I thought you were going to say you wanted her to be fucking uh, uh, the mom of the Jewish kid from fucking... Uh, uh, um, Big Bang Theory. That would, that would be great. <laughs> that would be weird if I was thinking exactly that. That would be weird. Ah, uh, um, <laughs> oh, oh, um, I know whose mama you're talking about because she's a badass. <laughs> I can't think. Of, I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely drawing a blank. It's okay. Just anyway, go watch Talk and Shop of Mania, folks. Fifteen dollars. Good money spent. Short, I'm going with Eric Young, Joe Doring, and uh, Cody Diener. And next up, basically, we have the Knockouts Championship match. Deanna Perrazzo defending her championship against Johnny M. Something last name's wife and all-around badass starling and Mexican superstar Lucha Libres Taya Valkyrie. That's a pretty big fanfare from a guy who didn't even fucking pick her. Spoilers, folks. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I put you out there like that. I'm going with Diana Prazo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Taya Valkyrie. Just because, once again, if Impact and, and AEW are continuing to work together beyond this, that's the route you take. You want the star power. Not not taking anything away from Prazo, but I think I think she could stand to get the championship back again later. I guess, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to go off of what you just said. It, me personally, Taya Valkyrie is the better women's wrestler and more enjoyable women's wrestler. As far as marquee value, I think Deanna Perrazzo is the bigger name, though. Do you disagree? I mean, she's, I mean, she's relatively new in Impact, isn't she? Well, yeah, but... That's where she I'm had, like the yeah you're the, the rookie WWE okay yeah that <laughs> well I'm, I'm saying I'm saying I I said mainstream I said that the Ty Valkyrie is is a more rounded fucking better uh, I guess I guess I just I just that. I look at it as Ty as the 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 veteran and I feel like if if you're gonna continue this feud between companies you want your veterans to be at the forefront. Taya is this century's fucking um, Lita, as she's the Canadian who moved down to Mexico to learn to wrestle and became a star in the States. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's definitely the total package when it comes to uh, what you you would want the face of your company to be. 100. And she's gorgeous, and she's got the free boots, and Once her again, husband, not- John. It can be anywhere and will fucking promote your company by making it his last name. <laughs> and I'm not, not taking, once again, not taking anything away from Deanna Pirazzo. I just think she's got enough career ahead of her and it doesn't hurt her to lose it now. No, not at all. She's the virtuosa. Yeah. She's going to be virtuoso whether she's the champion or not. She has that built into her gimmick for mm-hmm. sure. 
I think this is going to be a really good match, though. Probably one of the best matches of the night. Actually, yeah, it definitely has the possibility. Everything else is just, honestly, it feels like a slightly more serious Talking Shop Mania show. Everything is gimmicked. I'll give you that. It, it's good, though. It's, like, super fun. This is going to be a really, really easy watch. Uh, but, yeah, I think this is going to be your best, probably your best match of the night. Maybe. I think, and I think that Impact pay-per-views are rarely over three hours also, so they make it kind of easy. Again, easy to watch, yeah. Mm-hmm. You enjoy everything, plus you're not spending seven hours watching it. New Japan! No. <laughs> Uh, and then we got your interpromotional six-man tag team main event of the evening. Seeing Kenny Omega and his best friends, the Good Brothers, taking on Rich Swan, Moose, and Chris Saban. What happened to Motor City Machine Guns? Um, Alex Shelley is not able to travel due to certain restrictions that are not yet revealed. My guess is COVID. Oof. Yeah, that's what sucks, because if it was Motor City Machine Guns, my pick may be different. <laughs> yeah, 100. Oh, 100. It was Especially like... Especially since I'm already anticipating Moxley showing up, and he's still got beef with Omega to clean up, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it, like, this, this really... To me, this made this a no-brainer of who's going to win. Uh-huh. Uh, Rich, Rich Swan and Moose ain't getting along for a whole match. No. And, and these are three guys who have nothing really in common. You know, before you had uh, Chris Sabian and Motor City Machine Guns, who were the number one contenders for the Good Brothers Impact Wrestling Tag Team Championships, and you had Rich Swan, who was the Impact Champion, and Kenny Omega, of course, is the AEW Champion. Now, of course, Moose is the quote-unquote TNA champion, but we still haven't decided what the fuck that means. Right. It's the FTW championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, yeah, that's what it's going to be, too. Moose versus, Moose versus uh, what the fuck's his name? Taz? No, no, well, not Taz, but uh, what was the, the Oh, Brian Cage? Yeah, Brian Cage. Yeah, Although we already say, had that in Impact before, so it's not... Yeah, really I was going to say it would make more sense if they made it Kenny Omega, Brian Cage... And fucking Doc Gallows versus Richwan and Moose and Chris Sabin. Just to be honest, like yeah. you changed up both of them, but um, yeah. it's uh, yeah, no, it definitely definitely changes things. Obviously, I think you guys have figured out who our predictions are, but I'm definitely going with the Broom Brothers, and I'm going with the Good Cleaners. Yeah, and so we're both in the same team. Yes. Um, Which brings us to the tiebreaker, pasty, and the tiebreaker is a pretty simple one. It's uh, we've had a lot of uh, come and go between AEW and Impact, but it's always just been the same characters back and forth to and fro. Cream of the cop, brother. <laughs> Cream of the cock. <laughs> like that. Uh, but in this pay per view. First actual pay-per-view of Impact Wrestling's 2021. Of course, they had Genesis last week, which I don't know why they had it, but they did. And it was actually really good. It was basically just the X Division uh, tournament finale, so or cup finale, so that's fine. 
So tiebreaker is Pacey. Does any other AEW roster member show up other than that of the ones we know of, Kenny Omega and Tony Khan? Uh, I'm not counting Don Callis because he's an Impact Wrestling member right now, so we know he's going to be there, but we're not counting him. Well, it's what a simple saying? question, Fat Mac, and I'll give you a simple answer. Mox, for sure. Reunion with Sammy, and they fuck up the whole main event. I absolutely goddamn love it. And you know what? I'll be happy if I lose to that. Because... If anybody else shows up, I can be wrong. I'm okay with that. No, you know what? You're getting it all one way or the other. <laughs> yes. But goddamn, if uh, I would not mark out for Switchblade Conspiracy coming back because. Oh, and then tearing through the AEW tag up. team division. Fuck yeah. During my, I went, I went through a period. I went through. I went through being a TV wrestling fan, and then I became a tape trading wrestling fan in the early to early nineties to early two thousands, but also pro wrestling. At which point I became a non fan, and then I became a peripheral fan for Impact and ROH, and then I became a uh, a fan, a peripheral fan of all things that weren't WWE, basically. And I was a huge fan of both these guys, Switchblade Conspiracy, uh, Sammy and Mox. So I, I will mark out, and I will I will be more than happy to give you the win if that's what puts you over, Pasty. But I'm going to say that no, I'm going to say that at this time, no other members of AEW go to it. I mean, that's kind of an easy cop-out for me with the whole uh, pandemic happening. You want the least possible people going to the least possible events. So I'll admit I'm taking the easy route, but Pasty, if you were, if you're willing to take the more, uh, the, the, the least likely route, I'm willing to take the fucking easier route. I will do that. I will do that. I also kind of think maybe Britt Baker shows up to glare at whoever wins the Knockouts Championship match, but uh, I'm, I'm sticking with my Mox route. Yep, and you'll you'll get anything for any any of them, but definitely, uh, you know what? I'll give you two point. I'll give you. A, I'll let you win no matter what if if it's if it's Mox and just Mox. How's that? Well, that makes up for me having to pick Dreamer. That that's fine with me. There you go. <laughs> if it's Mox and just Mox as as the other person. You you won one hundred. All right. I'm gonna put that in here because I won't remember tomorrow. I'll remember. Well, you know what? I don't believe you. You're a liar. I'm the memory of this duo. What are you talking about? You're the memory. I still never <laughs> believe it. There's there's a term for that pasty, and it's called blackout. <laughs> and on that note, folks, it's time to snap into this week's edition of the Savage Sentinel. Oh yeah. Jeff Jarrett and Global Force Entertainment have reached a settlement with Anthem Sports and Entertainment, so their lawsuit is over. The motion was filed on Friday, and it officially became a matter of court record on Tuesday. Both sides have been locked in a lawsuit over trademark claims and counterclaims. The last major development in the lawsuit came in July of 2020, when both parties reached a miscarriage trial. Sorry. <laughs> I think we all seen this coming. We knew it was just going to end up in a settlement. And 
And yeah. we knew that that's all Jeff Jarrett wanted. He didn't right. want to win. He just wanted Vince to fucking write him a check and and pay for another pool in the backyard or something, obviously. He didn't give a fucking shit. <laughs> I mean, he just get... wants to buy your gold. He needs some money to do that. He needs he needs gold for cash. And pizza. Who lives off your gold? <sighs> But other people that just want your gold pasty is WWE, and they are reportedly planning to push WrestleMania 37 out two weeks from their previously announced March 27th date to April 11th. Which is funny, because WrestleMania usually falls in April. Uh, it, it Actually, it floats a lot between those two months. Most of the recent ones, I believe, have been in April. It's been uh, It's been as early as March 15th for sure. Um, I don't. I don't know what it's. It's like a lot of the Christian religions. I don't know what determines why it, it fucking lands on what day. And probably as as most Christian religions, it has no other meaning than that's when the guy in charge wanted it to land. Right. That's my guess. But the WrestleMania 37 location is it depends also, on whether or not he likes football. I don't think either of them like football. The <laughs> He did until The Rock bought football. <laughs> uh, WrestleMania 37 pasted the location is still up in the air as well. It is. It was revealed a few months back. WWE was possibly planning on moving the event to the previously announced location of SoFi Stadium in the Los Angeles, California area, but to Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida, where they allow people to gather with or without COVID. They don't care. Worst state in the nation. And that was also originally planned for WrestleMania 36 before COVID made it the worst state in the nation. WWE just wanted to be a part of this horrible, horrible gathering of human beings. Um... But, of course, that was before the pandemic forced um, WWE to move to the Performance Center that year. Obviously, they don't want another Performance Center performance. So, Raymond James Stadium seems like it's what it's going to be, though it's not a lot for WrestleMania 37 as of now. But, pasty... You can pretty much only go to fucking Florida because you're the only people that don't give a shit. And um, as of right now, that venue, the Raymond James Stadium, does not have any events planned for WrestleMania weekend. Whereas other shit fuck Florida arenas such as Tropicana Field in St. Peter's... Peter... Peter... Petersburg. I love it. I know, it's hard for me to not make these motherfuckers sound like dicks. Um, St. Petersburg is also fucking taken away. The Amway Center in Orlando. Um, they're all due to uh, MLB's Tampa Bay Rays and NBA's Orlando Magic. So it's pretty much, it's pretty much a lock that it's going to be the Raymond James Stadium. For WrestleMania 37. Vince will probably never do a show in California again. Not for a while. Not for a while. It's just going to be Florida and Texas. 
Yeah. Well, in New York, because, you know, that's his hometown. <laughs> well, Florida can't even go to New York anymore. We're doing it. Maybe some Canada. We'll see what they do. God, Florida's just that's such a tax. horrible, nasty, disgusting place. And it sucks, because all my favorite wrestling happens there. <laughs> well, and, and you know, it's sad, because I used to live in Florida, and the, the portion of Florida that I lived in is an amazing place. But I don't live in the port. I didn't live in the portion of Florida that people talk about. I lived in the Panhandle, not the Wang. The Wang is what most people associate Florida as, and as it is the Wang, that's the most dickish fucking part of the United States. The Panhandle of Florida is good folk who just want to live an honest living. <laughs> it's like the difference between North and South Dakota, right? Oh, one hundred. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't much care for WrestleMania uh, these days. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to you know eight to ten hours of my life going down the drain for a relatively mediocre show. Uh, but they're they're anticipating having fans. I just don't know why they don't do it. AEW is doing it. Why don't you just start letting people in in limited quantities? They're. Uh, I know for sure they're not having fans at uh, the Royal Rumble. So I know they wanted to really badly. I think uh, they I think scrapped they're... multiple <laughs> angles because they're not doing it at the Royal Rumble. I think I think the thing is is that they like piping in their own. Honestly, I think it's because yeah, they like piping I know that's own... going to become Vince's new favorite thing. And then when things do get back to somewhat normal, he's just still not going to let people in. He's going to build robots. <laughs> it's just all going to be the fucking wall of fucking shit. Yeah. You know, Pacey, fucking. Everything going on, we've lost live audiences and we've lost so much. But the biggest hit not only is just independent wrestling, but especially uh, female-oriented independent wrestling. And um, the good news is that's coming back this year, isn't it? Yes, it is, Fat Mac. Shine Wrestling is returning to running live events for the first time in almost a year due to being forced to shut down during the pandemic. Shine 66 will take place on January 23rd in Port Richley, where? Florida. With a one-time, with a bell time of 8 p.m. EST. Allison Kay versus Ivelisse has been announced as one of the confirmed matches on the show. This event marks Shine's first event since Shine 65 on February 29th, 2020, a show that saw Ivelisse successfully defend her title against Lindsay Snow. Kay versus Ivelisse is currently the only match announced for the event, but Kimberly, Marty Bell, Natalia Markova, and Jamie Jameson were also featured on the poster. I like this because I don't watch Shine, but I know all of these names. Right. Yeah, exactly. This is where the women that make a name for themselves in the major companies go to make a name for themselves. And they always come back. The The biggest names in women's pro wrestling come back to these. And I think it's great because usually, uh, for sure, the Ring of Honors impacts AEWs, but also a lot of times WWE's let them come back to it because it's not a threat to their product. This is a women's only wrestling product. It's stupid that they don't see it as a threat. I I agree. Oh, I hate that. That we that they still allow big names 
to compete in it. So, uh, glad to see him come back. Uh, Shimmer and Sh- uh, Shimmer was my first really exposure to all women's wrestling. Then I got into Stardom, and Shine uh, kind of followed. So I'm always I've, I've always got a soft spot for Shimmer, but it's cool that Shine's coming back. Uh, Shine was for a moment the uh, sister promotion for ROH, although they have now since uh, cut ties with each other. And that was before the hashtag speaking out. Yeah. But we are going to be speaking loud and proud. If not out, Pasty Major League Wrestling is reportedly working on a new TV series. MLW's representation ICM partners are currently in talks with several networks for a second MLW TV series that is currently being developed. There's no word yet on the title or format of the new show, but the series is being shot to both English and Spanish language networks. That's a keynote there. And this new MLW show would be separate from the current MLW Fusion series that airs each week on multiple flat platforms that you can reach either free or easily, such as YouTube, BN Sports, FUBU TV, and the Roku channel. Yes, indeed. Well, if AEW is any significant sign, don't expect to hear anything else for the next year because I'm still waiting to hear what AEW's next show is. Right? Oh, boy. <laughs> I hope the I pandem- hope TNT's not already paying them for it. Wouldn't that be the shit? I mean, the pandemic really <laughs> kind of threw a monkey wrench in that. But yeah. yes, I agree. It's like, <laughs> goddamn. Uh, you know, this next story might be one of my favorites from this week, and it's it's just it's it's it is. That's kind of fair. <laughs> Sean Morley, aka Val Venus, was blocked by Twitter earlier this week for violating the social media platform's child sexual exploitation policy. According to Venus, his account was blocked because he shared evidence of Hunter Biden, the son of U.S. President-elect Joe Biden, molesting children, including Molly Obama, the daughter of former U.S. President Barack Obama. This is not the first time Venus has shared wild conspiracy theories on his social media accounts. He previously called The Rock and Arnold Schwarzenegger traitors who sold out America to communist China. Damn you, Dwayne Johnson! <laughs> uh, you think a little too much weed? I, I think definitely so. I think so. It's just sad because I look at these people and I'm like, I used to like you. And then, you know, it's like it's like what we were talking about off the show last week about fathers. And, like, I see my dad in a lot of these people and it makes me right. mad. Makes me angry. If you're listening, I, Dad, I'm not not sorry. I'm gonna put this out here right now as a as a, uh, a, a talk about the personal person, not Fat Mac. But in this last week, Pasty, and I was surprised. Not, I guess I wasn't surprised, but anyways, in this past week, Pasty, Facebook has flagged me on three different posts of mine that said they were spreading hate speech. And they were all basically, um, they weren't even like hate speech. One of them was like, uh, it said Honky Kong defending 
the White House or something, it was Donkey Kong on top of the wall while the the Republican protesters were climbing it. And one said, uh, "Mega, mega, proving to themselves walls don't count." Like they weren't yeah. hateful, I didn't think. But no, I, I had three different posts of mine that were flagged, and obviously by friends of mine because I have my group, I have my shit fucking blocked. I only friends can see my shit. I've had three different posts of mine flagged. Um, I haven't been blocked yet. I I disagreed or I challenged all three of them, and two out of three were uh, I won the challenge. The third one I didn't. But it's like sitting here just thinking to myself, who in the f- which one of my Facebook friends is fucking shitting on me because right. of this? Like, it's first a- of all, it's one thing to disagree with me, and I disagree with a lot of people. But I don't report them to Facebook. Right. It just goes to show they're snowflakes, right? I guess. Yeah. They're not just, handling like, this very are well. They? Like, who, who are you? Oh, you... you're treading on my freedom of speech. Except for freedom of speech doesn't go when you're trying to overthrow your government. You think they're just going to make it easy for you? I don't... But then they tread on my freedom of speech <laughs> to just fucking post a joke yeah. on Facebook. Well, that's the thing. They're going to become the biggest butthurt Susies out there now because that's what they've been ragging on our side for. So now it switches. <laughs> and now it switches, Fat Mac. Uh, it's, uh, it's it quiet. has changed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Interesting times are ahead, folks. We thought We thought it might be coming to an end, but I... Don't see an end in sight. Not soon, at least. Uh, Florida and Texas are going to secede. Uh, it, just things are happening. I don't know. We'll see what happens next week on Beefsteaks Podcast. But now, let's get into the comings and goings. And Pacey Impact Wrestling announced Wednesday that longtime commentator Josh Matthews has been promoted to a behind-the-scenes role and will be leaving the commentary booth. Similarly, we talked about last week, Madison Rain is going to be leaving the commentary booth to begin a career outside of the world of wrestling. That, of course, is his wife. In their place will be a new commentary team of Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown. I'm excited for that. That's interesting. I I don't... Uh, Matt Stryker's mediocre... D'Lo Brown will be interesting. Um, Josh Matthews will now serve as a senior producer for all of Impact's weekly shows and pay-per-views, which is a good spot for him. He has been working on Explosion for the promotion as of late, and previously Stryker has worked on commentary for WWE, Lucha Underground, and AAA. The new commentary team will debut tomorrow, this Saturday, at Impact's Hard to Kill. I'm looking forward to it. And, and you know, this is a brand new commentary team, so what if D'Lo's, like, not really there for commentary but gets involved in some shenanigans and becomes a wrestler? It'll be it'll be interesting because this is a brand new commentary team. And uh, D'Lo's fairly new to commentary other than just doing, like, a one-off here and there. Yeah, I can't recall any time I've seen him on commentary. 
I'm looking forward to this, though. I think Hard to Kill is going to be uh, a pay-per-view to not miss. So if you got the funds or the ability to find it other ways, watch it this weekend. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for it. Like I said, I did watch Genesis, and it was it was a good X Division showcase, but it wasn't uh, anything special. No, but this is for anybody who's ever liked Impact. I think this is this to me. I feel like kind of signifies the reboot. I feel like this is where everything is going to go in a whole new direction, and it's a great starting point for everybody, potentially. Yeah, one hundred. Yes. Uh, speaking of new starting points, this week saw NXT or NXT saw the Rascals make their debut for the company, going by the acronym MSK. My scratchy crotch. Nash Carter, FKA Zachary Wentz, and Wes Lee, formerly known as Desmond Xavier, defeated Jake Atlas and Isaiah Swerve Scott in a hell of a match. It was the only match off the card I watched, and I really, I did, I want to go watch that Thatcher and and Champa match, but I I watched this match as well, and it's actually a really fucking good match. Yeah, I almost forgot just how amazing the Rascals are in the ring, and they work so well with Atlas and Scott. Just, it's the new the new era of NXT is here, and I think it's going to be really fun. Oh, uh, and I and I believe that they showed all the the NXT or WWE crowd or whatever that, yeah, they they deserve to be here. And and I hope, you know, I hate to see any NXT people go to the main roster. I think they'd go do good there. Actually, you just yeah, you hope the that charisma. they could go to the main roster and be one of the actual main tag teams. They don't even have to be tag team champions. Maybe they never win the championship, but they're always the team to beat. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that matches between them and Street Profits, I think, are, would is like that's money right there. Oh, for sure. No, I uh, I wanted them to go to AEW, but I think I think they're gonna be just fine. Of course, uh, there's a third member of the Rascals who's yet to be seen. Yeah. Still in uh, Impact, and we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Speaking of people who have been seen and not been seen, uh, basically this next guy, I feel like there's no way this is an accident that they just set him up to be confused with multiple people. (laughs) And so I'm just going to fucking, I'm just going to read it as it is. (laughs) Here we go, Pasty. Shaw Samuels was not to be confused with Samuel Shaw, has officially signed with WWE. 35-year-old UK veteran made his pro wrestling debut in 2004 and has worked for companies such as RevPro, WXW, Insane Pro Wrestling UK, and Preston City Wrestling, amongst others. He also participated in the TNA British Boot Camp Series in 2014. He is currently working in NXT UK under the name Ed Hardy, not to be confused with... Or Ed with, Harvey. Yeah, he, he's under the name Ed Harvey, not to be confused with the name Ed Hardy. Yeah, I, so they <laughs> already have a pro wrestler who's named Dexter Loomis, who used to be Samuel Shaw... <laughs> Now they have a Shaw Samuels, 
And so, yes, they don't name him that, which would be confusing. But now they name him Ed Harvey. It's got to be a ripoff of Ed Hardy, the artist, I, I, I would assume. None of those are his real name. Um, His real name, let me look it up. I, I don't <laughs> the have most important part isn't there. even in the article. I know, it's horrible. <laughs> no, but his real name is Shaheen Hassanpour from London, England, but he's Shaheen Hassanpour, and it's like, I don't know. So Tweet, the first time. Awesome Shaheen. That's good. Right. The first time I seen, like, I was just scrolling through and I seen something about Shaw Samuels. I thought they changed Dexter Loomis's name to Shaw Samuels. Because <laughs> Dexter, Dexter Loomis started out as Samuel Shaw. That was his name. And I was like, oh, they named him Shaw Samuels? That's stupid. Well, then I found out that that was another wrestler. Well, then I found out that wasn't his real name. And I was like, well, whatever. He's some European guy. He probably didn't plan it. Then he ends up getting signed by WWE. Then they don't name him any of them fucking names. Then they name him Ed Harvey. There's no way that can't be a fucking... Uh, fuck it. You know that his intro music is going to have Ed Hardy-style artwork, right? right? Yeah, definitely. Ed Hardy isn't fucking uh, Indian, right? Hopefully he signed a short-term contract, because I don't think he wants to stick around. I don't think it's fucking happening, buddy. <laughs> I don't get oh, it. Oh, man, and then he goes to the main roster, and they shave Ed off, so then he's just Harvey. And then you got Harvey and Riddle. And then you're getting sued by DC Comics. It's not good. <laughs> not fucking good. <laughs> You know what is good? Hot What's sauce. That, Tracy Williams has re-signed with Ring of Honor. That is good. Yes. A member of the foundation, along with Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion Jay Lethal. Ring of Honor Pure and World Tag Team Champion Jonathan Gresham. And Rhett Titus. Williams Rhett recently <laughs> participated <laughs> in this year's Ring of Honor Pure Tournament. Williams defeated Russ Taylor in the first round and Fred Yehe in the second Jay Lethal in the semis, and then he lost to Gresham in the finals. Hot damn. Hot sauce. Ooh, I got some hot sauce from Christmas. It's one of those sampler packs, but then one of them is ghost chili. Did I did I show you the hot sauce that my son Phantom got? I don't believe so. I'm gonna send it to you after after uh, we record. You'll love it. Yeah. Um, I I can't stand the name Rust Taylor. <laughs> no. I don't know why his name. Just go by Rusty, right? Just add the Y. I mean, his real name is Russell, so it should be Russ. Yeah. And he's yeah, gone. Then the Russ Taylor, you still get Rust in it, you know? Why yeah. Not? I well, why do you want Rust in it? Why the <laughs> fuck do you ever want Rust in it? <laughs> never a good thing, Pasty. He's got some ring rust. Yeah, but that's not a good thing, is it? It, it protects him like armor. No, no, no. <laughs> we don't protect him anything. It makes you vulnerable. It's like, it's like rusty steel plating. <sighs> it's like Roman Reigns' bulletproof vest. 
You want to know, Pasty, you want to know somebody who has fucking it all without rust? Sumi Sakai, and she has re-signed with Ring of Honor after first making appearances for the company way back, Pasty, in their inaugural year of 2002. God, back in the good old days. Take me back, Fat Mac. Yeah, back when we enjoyed wrestling. Sakai was the inaugural Ring of Honor Women's Champion, now renamed the ROH Women's World Championship. No, fucking semantics. And she defeated Kelly Klein to get that in the finals in April of 2018. Sky's most recent match with the promotion was last February in a loss to Pasty's favorite Session Moth Martina. Yes, yes. Pasty can't get enough of her. Can't get enough. You love her, don't you? Oh, yeah. It's to the point I can't remember the last time I seen her. <laughs> I, I can't believe you went through a whole fucking year without ever seeing her. <laughs> We literally have to only watch fucking AEW and WWE to only see her. Is is she like is she like Danny Hodge's wife or something? <laughs> what the fuck? What kind of wrestling fan doesn't know who Danny Hodge is? <laughs> we did the the Mister Double Knuckle Shuffle. Remember Without the him, there would be no John Cena. Shuffle. Exactly. <laughs> He made John Cena. He birthed John Cena during a main event match. <laughs> it was against Fabulous Moolah and Jesus Christ. And oh, John Cena's whole career, he was trying to aspire to that one move, the crotch knuckle, and he didn't achieve it until he learned his sixth move of doom, <laughs> that short punch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck people are, Fat Mac. The worst part is sometimes I know who the fuck they are. I just can't remember. Ooh, I know. That's what I was going to say. You know who they are, and you're just like, you don't remember until after we're done recording, and you're like, I know who the fuck that was. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> Talking about uh, well, the, the, the last Ring of Honor, or no, no, NWA Women's Champion. What was her name? Serena Deeb? Yeah, Serena Deeb. Oh, yeah, and I didn't yeah, realize that that was Serena from <laughs> fucking... That blew my Straight mind. Straight Edge Society. When they showed me her, I'm like, oh my god, it is the same one. I just shit all over her the other week. That oh really my god. I called that... her a yoga instructor. Yeah, I, and that surprised She drinks me. too much for that. <laughs> she could never be a yoga instructor. <laughs> that was... <laughs> And you were like, oh my god, I just found out today that Serena Deeb is Serena from the Straight Edge Society. Like, no shit! <laughs> that was fucking crazy, huh? Wait, you're telling me Hulk Hogan is Mr. America? Oh my god! <laughs> you're gonna tell me is Mick Foley is Dude Love? <laughs> crazy shit. Oh, Pacey, now that we've built a fucking uh, castle around all this. Oh, I'll take this one, my buddy. I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. 
You Even, know, I don't care where he goes. I think he's good. He's uh, oh, I hope so. I fucking God. hope so. God, of I course, love of course, we're I'm talking. I'm going match with him. <laughs> Dalton Castle is currently a free agent. Dalton signed with Ring of Honor in 2013 and won the Ring of Honor Championships and our hearts in 2017 with a victory over current AEW EVP Cody Rose. He is now technically free to sign and appear for any company he wishes. It appears Ring of Honor has offered Castle a new deal and it's said to be good. Castle is considering the offer but wants to see what else is out there. Dalton most recently appeared as part of Ring of Honor TV this past December when he defeated Ring of Honor newcomer Brian Johnson. Well, that's what you get for having a fucking name like that. Jesus Christ. I'm never going to know who that guy is either. He could be Ring of Honor world champion 20 times, and I... uh, Who the fuck is that guy? Sorry. That's that's as fucking generic as Steve Austin, you dumb fucker. (laughs) Could be anybody. Steve Austin wouldn't have been shit without Stone Cold. Just saying. Um, you wouldn't have been anything without fucking stunning Steve. So let's call him Crying Lion Brian Johnson. Yeah, we don't like him. Yeah, I don't know. But I like Dalton Castle. And, uh, you know, even if he goes to NXT, I would definitely be interested to see him working with uh, 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 Fandango and, and Tyler Breeze. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would. They, they could be his new boys, you know. I, I, and legit, then they could even make their way back to the main roster. At that point, that'd be a stable, like fucking. Ooh. To us, it would be. I don't know how Vince feels about that, but yes, one hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I literally just want to see him either stay with ROH or go to AEW. Like those are almost to me the only two options I want to see him take. Yeah. I mean, I, okay, okay. That selfishly, those are the only two I want to see him take. Whatever supports his family and and takes care of him is what I want to see him take. But yeah. selfishly, I only want to see him in AWROH. I don't. You know, I honestly don't think he'd get over in uh, Impact that well either. I think they've got too big of a main event, and I don't think he's. Uh, I think he's too big for a mid card. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would love him in AEW. I think he'd do great in WWE. I, I think he might actually be utilized well just for the kind of character he portrays. You're going to have some dicey times when it comes to Vince because he likes those guys and then he doesn't like those guys. But, uh, God, I don't know. For, Dalton Castle to me is even a higher commodity now because my brain likes to pair things like uh, some 41 and Blink-182 up, and I'm going to compare those two my whole life because they're words and numbers, and they came out about the same time, you know? Uh, so new records. Yeah, so for me, it was always Dalton Castle and Joey Ryan. And now Joey Ryan's off the board, so Dalton Castle's fucking money is, oh, you know? Stocks are high. I mean... I want to see whatever is positive for him to happen, but yeah, I I don't think he will work good in WWE, but obviously you and I... Uh, oh, Dalton this- Castle versus AJ Styles, WrestleMania main event. Yeah, yeah. as a, as a wrestling fan, yes. As a <laughs> WWE 
Uh, producer? No, I don't see. <laughs> That's just me. No, I, I uh, get what you're saying too. Yeah, and somebody who uh, will never make it to WWE at all, ever. Not even the next T like jobber. AJ Kirsch revealed that he's no longer with MLW Major League. He's the guy that will never make it to WWE or even like um, NXT or uh, anything. The announcement was followed by his appearance on this week's AEW Dark, but he will never <clears throat> appear in WWE or uh, NXT really at all. But on AEW Dark, he appeared as his character, Brosif Joe Brody. He shared that as of January 1st, 2021, he has not been under contract with MLW. Hottest agent in the fucking business, baby! He also thanked Court Bauer and Rich uh, Boschini for being so welcoming I call him Rick Bikini, because that's exactly how oh, you could I, say that. I, I picture him in a bikini. Yeah, Rich Bikini. I didn't realize it, it, it was similar. <laughs> I always pictured him in a bikini. <laughs> Kirsch had been part of MLW's broadcast team since early uh, 2019 when he uh, gave an interview saying... Um, He doesn't think he would belong in any wrestling company. Ever. <laughs> I'm really confused. <laughs> this whole thing has been one wild trip for me. Yeah, uh, he's nobody who who is no longer with a company that is. Um, I love MLW, but it's the smallest company. It's like that or ROH, right? Uh, NWA, maybe. I mean, they got lineage, but right now they're pretty fucking small. Yeah, those three are pretty. Yeah, pretty tied for. Yeah, nonetheless, yeah. I mean, it's not moving needles. Hello, yeah. Brosa. I don't yeah. like uh, I don't like another name Brody being associated with AEW like this soon. That's that's kind of a thing I'm saying. I, I don't think he would be. You know what I mean? I I think I think Tony Khan would be. He he would notice that. You know what I but mean? But I mean, he was on Dark as Brosif Joe Brody. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of... I mean, it's not that he's signed AEW. Well, yeah, but but... Nobody has ever seen Dark since it fucking debuted. <laughs> I tune in sometimes. I mean, their their viewership is literally negative 753. Oh, jeez. I'm just telling you. 
Uh... Basically, you get the fucking best one. All I'm right. I'm jelly. <laughs> jelly, 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 jelly. Summoned by Selena de la Renta, the man of 1,000 deaths, Mil Mascaras, has made his highly anticipated debut to MLW Fusion this Wednesday. For listeners who may not know Mil Mascaras' history, in, ni- in 1985, Pascal Mendoza was only seven years old when one of the biggest earthquakes in history struck Mexico City, and he lost everything. With death at his door... A bruja would rescue the little Pascal from the underworld's grip of death. Using hate for the world, she would transform him into Mil Mascaras. And force, a force unlike any other scene in Lucha Libre was born. In Mexico City, he was known as El Messias, capturing AAA's heavyweight championship four times. In Puerto Rico, he would claim the IWA Heavyweight Championship five times. And in short-lived Lucha Underground, he was one of the most dominant Lucha Underground champions up until the temple crumbled. (laughs) And he'll be around to the end of time. He's the one man COVID could never contain. It's Mil Mascaras. It, it, it's also it's Mil Muertes. Muertes. Yes. <laughs> Woo. The whole thing calling it did. Him. It was good though. I did it good. You I put some stank on it for you. Well, the other one's a wrestler too. Damn it. Yes. Mascaras is a wrestler, but this wasn't him. <laughs> Oh, he's laughing so hard. He's fucking awesome. I'm Fox's Mil Mortes. <laughs> this was awesome. Montavious oh Von Porter. I know, right? I loved it. This was good. I love it. Um, <laughs> woo! I'm dying over here now. I just ruined the show. You get the best one, pasty. I'm like, I'm going to flex on this one, fat. The best thing is, like, what happened? Because, like, you screwed it up the first time, and you were like, the man of a thousand deaths, Milimus Gattis. I was like, okay. And then the next three times, you said the same thing. Even though it's written more tests. <laughs> Woo! I'm sorry, I love it. <laughs> Um, we have nowhere to go. The delivery, there. though. <laughs> no, you you fucking sold it, son. Mil, I'll tell you what. I'm pretty sure Mil Mascaris is gonna be trending because of the way you fucking sold that shit. No, everybody's like, God damn. Let me check this shit out. Um, I have nothing to follow with that because that was fucking awesome. And I'm going to go straight into the goddamn COVID-19 411 yes. book. The section where co- people can be contained by COVID. Dude, unlike fuck. Mil Mascaras. <laughs> Love it. Woo! Uh, <laughs> don't give it to me. Woo. I'm here. I'm here. Woo! Hey, Steve. The 2020 pandemic is still wreaking havoc in 2021. 
And there's another COVID-19 outbreak that is affecting wrestling as WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling all have wrestlers and or staff in quarantine right now. WWE champion Drew McIntyre is now in quarantine after WWE announced his positive COVID-19 test. He was, in fact, pulled from Raw's main event with Randy Orton, but will likely be ready to face WWE Hall of Famer Bill Goldberg at Royal Rumble on January 31st, as long as everything goes well. Yes, Drew did make an appearance via video and updated us saying, I tested positive for COVID-19. Now I'm one of the fortunate ones with no symptoms, but I assure you COVID should not be uh, taken lightly. I don't think you can, don't think you can't catch it because you can. If it happened to me, it can happen to anybody, and I'm looking at you, Mil Mascaras. And the only way we're going to be able to stop this thing is by working together. So please wear your mask. Follow social distancing guidelines. It's not just to protect you. It's to protect everyone and their loved ones. I'll see you all really, really soon. But until then, stay safe. This story pisses me the fuck off because you know what episode he was face-to-face with Bill fucking Goldberg? Legends Night! It's a fucking murder party. You know what I love, though? Is Mil Mascaras means thousand masks. <laughs> and, and you just like to be like Mil Mascaras. And it's up to you to wear your mask. And it's like, that's the coolest fucking thing ever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, yeah. Um, yeah, there is. I guess we should put it out there. There's a lot of bullshit going around because, like, uh, Jericho admitted he had COVID, and then he was, like, in AEW while he had COVID. And was it Nick Jackson? Yeah, yeah. Had admitted he had COVID. And like, back did, in March or something like that. Yeah, and he did taping as well. He was in COVID. So there there are a lot of these people who are like, well, we're celebrities. We can still work while we have COVID. It's, it's fucked up, though, because... Because WWE hasn't, like, publicly announced any other one of these. So this could be, like, Roman Reigns' cancer. Like, where it's just fake to get get him off TV for a couple of weeks before he has to face Goldberg and what's probably oh, going to be a stupid oh, fucking 100. match. 100. That's a uh, thing, yeah. It's super ridiculous. And if he does have it, I'm fucking pissed at WWE because they put so many legends at risk. Right. At, at fucking Legends Night. Yeah, which was the night. They just should have never fucking had it knowing. No, it's fucking COVID-19. Let's get all the old wrestlers together, guys. We're going to shoot another season of Legends House. So there's this virus that can affect you, but we can't find out for three weeks. And it kills people who are over 65. Let's bring a bunch of fucking 65 and older people over. Yeah, it's uh dumb. It's fucking dumb? stupid. It's fucking stupid. And and I'm just going to say if one legend dies because of Legends Night, I think that's the end of me watching any WWE programming, which is going to make for a really interesting podcast. 
Um, yeah. It's it's fucked. <laughs> like, I know I delivered that funny and all, but it's stupid. So I hope this is just a storyline. And then I can have yet another reason to compare Drew McIntyre to Roman Reigns. I would agree. I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure out where I am. Because I've got myself lost. Um, hey, Casey, WWE sources noted that their expected positive tests from the holidays, and they were actually uh, surprised that things were not worse considering the circumstances. Impact is set to tape a few months' worth of TV tapings over this weekend into the next week, while AEW has already filmed two weeks' worth of Dynamite last week, so they are already covered It was also said that there is confirmation on wrestlers who were scheduled for Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, and Impact who have been afflicted by the COVID-19 outbreak, but details have not been made public as of this recording other than Drew McIntyre. So it seems like uh, everybody's kind of being affected and most companies are just trying to record as many weeks as they can while they have the people healthy there, which, you know what? I, uh, Pasty, am, am I am I dumb? Am I an asshole? Or am I shitty for saying that? I almost hope we go back to pre-taped wrestling shows. Oh, no, no. This is how it should have been the entire last year is pre-taped blocks of entertainment. If you got to continue to do a show, do it as sparingly as possible for the sake of your performers and people working for your company. Well, I mean, it just in general, if you're making a, a high-quality show, let's forget Ring of Honor, Impact, MLW, which, by the way, all pre-tape their shit anyway, so it doesn't matter. Mm. Aren't you always or almost always going to get a better product from WWE or MLW if it's pre-taped and edited? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So why, I, what the fuck hurts to just go back to that? I don't, I don't think anything does, and I think that's something a lot of wrestling companies need to kind of come to terms with as we round the corner into 2021 and realize the end is not in sight, not until 70% of the population's been vaccinated and fucking 65% of them won't get it. Right. The, 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 the one thing that does affect it, Pasty, is something that you and I actually are not a part of, which I feel we're good people. Spoilers. You and I never discuss outcomes of pre-taped matches until they're aired. Right. But I I, I will say, yes, um, pro wrestling websites will always reveal what happens ahead of time. So I guess I guess Any that's... Any good wrestling fan can kind of guess what's going to come next anyway. Exactly. And the ones that don't want... Like me, I've been a big fan of saying I can just... I've gone three weeks without watching a fucking pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. It's 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 surprisingly easy to do, people. <laughs> Hello. But, yeah. Uh, it's not going to happen, though. I think 
We know that. No, the the machine has to run, and it's a sick machine, and it's going to turn out a lot of bodies. And, uh, yeah, this could just be the starting point of something really dark for the wrestling world, I think. Well, Pasty, we're almost, uh, I think we're almost done with everything, but um, this whole 2021, it's just hurt me to the point that I think I'm going to be injured the whole year. But not everybody has to deal with that shit. So I think we should just talk about the few folks who are on the injury report, at least for just this week. Yes. Well, Kofi Kingston is currently on the shelf with a jaw injury. Uh, WWE did not give an update on when Kofi will be back or when the injury occurred, but the announcers indicated that was something happened in the last few weeks. I believe it was when Shelton Benjamin, no, uh, yeah, Shelton Benjamin knocked Kofi's teeth out of his mouth. I think you could see two or three things fly out of his mouth from a punch. (laughs) Uh, Kofi competed during last Monday's Legend Night on Raw. The New Day defeated Miz and Morrison. There's no word on if Kofi's jaw injury is legitimate or why he was really away from Raw. Uh, but but I do believe it was that impact because you saw shit fly out of his mouth, and I don't think it was gum because he was yeah. chewing three separate pieces of gum. <laughs> probably, they globbed together. Yeah, it's <laughs> like that was probably the issue. <laughs> also, Pacey, uh, during AEW's Dynamite post-show from this week, Tony Schiavone was asked by viewers why Sonny Kiss had been off both AEW Dynamite and AEW Dark for months at this point. And it couldn't be because they're bigots. <laughs> yeah, they didn't just shy, only, sign them for the cred, right? They would never do that. That's only fucking WWE. <laughs> and of course, Tony Schiavone gave the uh, political answer. He's been injured. I've seen him in the training room. He's been banged up. I've seen him in the gym, but he's just not able to perform. He is a tremendous athlete. Sonny's last match, Pasty, was on Dynamite against Kenny Omega on October 21st. Yeah. It's been about four months almost. But Sonny Kiss came out today on January 15th, Friday, with a tweet denying being injured, saying, not sure how this narrative started that I was injured, but baby girl is totally okay. Just an FYI, haha. I just get be ready fitness to adjust me every now and then because I have tight dancer hips and hold stress to my neck from time to time. But I'm totally okay. You know what, Pasty? I'll be the first to say maybe I'm reaching with everything that's going on. But with Tony Schiavone trying to cover up and uh, Sonny Kiss coming out saying bullshit, um, they're just trying to hide the trans folks while all this shit's going on. Nyla Rose hasn't been on right. lately. Well, that's uh, the thing. It's like we were talking about earlier. They're all Republican at the core because they're all making money, you know? It's... Yeah. This, this isn't just what it seems. Yeah. Um, they have a very fervent... Wrestling fans are pieces of shit, okay? 
Most of oh, the people who were storming the, the White House probably watch a fair amount of wrestling. I'm just going to fucking say that. Agreed. Yeah, um, agreed. Sadly agreed. It's it's sick. It's disgusting. Uh, I'm just glad there are people out there like us who are level-headed human beings who just want everybody to do well. But, uh, yeah, no, I definitely get that because there's a lot of butt-hurt snowflakes out there right now, and you don't want to make them more mad. You want them to watch your product so you can get those sweet, sweet ratings. Although right. I think Sunny Kiss is fucking ratings. I don't know. Sunny Kiss, when, when Sunny Kiss and Dustin Rhodes were first ta- teaming up, I, I liked that and I wanted that to continue going. And then and then Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's stupid. Wrestling is stupid. Wrestling companies are stupid. Rich people are stupid. Um, conservative Christians are stupid. I I can go off like this for a while. This is the end of the show. You know, <laughs> nobody's no, listening anymore. <laughs> nobody, nobody's here anymore. Other than the people that want to hear it all. <laughs> but yeah, but like, like fucking Tony Schiavone. Like, I mean, he was told to say this. Anybody who knows Tony Schiavone, yeah. I I don't think he's. I mean, to be right. fair, I don't. Tony Schiavone's rich. No, no. You know for a fact JR hated commentating any of Sonny Kiss's matches. Yeah, 100, 100. Yeah. And I, but I don't think Tony Schiavone was told to say, you know, oh, it's like, a, yeah, he, he's good. He's fine. He's just, he's just, I seen him the other day in the wrestling. Like, when, when somebody says, I seen him the other day training, and then that wrestler says, no, that's bullshit. Like, you know, he was told to say, Tony Schiavone was told to say uh-huh. that. Yeah. You know, somebody's telling him, oh, well, just say that, uh, Sonny Kisses. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're, there's no way it's just ironic that with all this happening, all of a sudden, Nyla Rose, Sonny Kiss, uh, you know, every the few people that, come on. Add we got flavor mind. to the company. And that's what they do. I don't know. I hate yeah, people. Yeah, people don't want them to, you know. <clears throat> while while the riots are going on in, in the White House, we don't want to see transgender people. We don't want to see transvestite people. We don't want to see... Right? Right. That's only for Gay Pride Month. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's February. Uh-huh. Come on. It's, it's, it's February, damn it. You get the title in February. Drop it on March third. Uh, nope, I hate that, and I hate like the more, the more things progress, the more I see just how like right wing and terrible all wrestling companies are. Like the some oh, of the wrestlers, yeah. except for maybe the top guys, because the top guys are always going to lean, you know, towards the people who aren't taking their money. Right. But uh, I think for the most part, like, this is where companies are going to have a problem because these companies are all about the money, the cash, the conservative, and, and then the wrestlers are, are fairly different than that, you know? These wrestlers' unions. Uh, it's it's. This I think we're going to see more of that. Make a difference. Yeah. If I, we could ever fucking get unions, yes. Yeah. Well, that's what we need. This is what we need. I think, I think that's going to be my... Well, I'm part of my campaign for the next year. I, I want to push for wrestlers unions because everybody deserves equal rights in a fake sport. There is no fucking excuse Let's, when you uh, make up characters to do scripted things 
in a wrestling ring for people's entertainment. There's no reason a trans or a gay or anybody can't do it at the top of their ability. It's right. I'll go with with Bruce Pritchard and say, as much as I listen to his podcast, he's said multiple times, nobody wins a title. You are given a title. Yeah. So, yeah, 100. I'm with you. Um, Yeah, I'm fucking 100 with you on that. That that they don't earn. They're not allowed to earn a championship. You can be the best wrestler in the world and not earn a championship. Uh Uh-huh. You're given what you get. So people are like, Pacey, how can you draw so many parallels between politics and wrestling? I mean, let's look at proud boys. And then the group proud girls came up and the proud boys got all mad at them. Like, no, you get back in the kitchen. Like Jesus Christ. Right. What the fuck is that? They can't hate just as much as you hate. I don't, I don't, (laughs) they're just as bad as you are. They can all move to Florida and we can cut it off and send it away. So, Pasty, I think uh, we're actually, I, I know we're at the end of our show. Um, going forward, it's 2021. Can we end all of, I mean, we always try to find, you know, we always have a weird way of ending our shows and the shuts. Um, unionized pro wrestling. Can we end yes. every single one of our shows with you, Pasty, saying unionized pro wrestling? Join the union. How about that? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yes. I'm done with that. Well, with that being said, Pacey, I think we're done with this week. Uh, we got Hard to Kill coming up, folks. Uh, rest, uh, uh, Royal Rumble's coming up pretty soon. Next week's another special episode of AEW Dynamite as it's Negative One's birthday show. <laughs> with that being said, um, I'm Fat Mac. Love, spread it like cancer, pasty. Join the union. And all your uh, fucking racist ass bullshit out there in the world, snap out of it.